Don't kill my vibe. We are not going to do that on this podcast ever. Ever! Kendrick Lamar. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Who's probably gonna sin again? Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Things I don't understand. Sometimes I need to be alone. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. I can feel your energy from two planets away. I got my drink, I got my music, I will share it. But today I'm coming. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. 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 Look inside of my soul and you can find gold and maybe get rich. Look inside of your soul and you can find out it never exists. I can feel the changes. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's Podcast. We're back after the weekend, talking about Formula One, Washington, getting sold to the highest biller. Of course, because they're they're pretty useless organization. Please turn it up. This is the course. I can feel the new people around me just want to be famous You can see that my city found me then put me on stages To me that's amazing To you that's a quick check with all disrespect Let me say this Kind of just some really really good bars coming out of this album This is kind of like uh what is it First album by Kendrick Lamar Debut album Kendrick Lamar and I mean, brother's got some bars. He's got some great singles. Kendrick has never been about playing club music, but let me tell you something. This is a good song. This is a great song. Can we, can we just a little bit turn it up? I'm trying to keep it alive mm. and I compromise the feeling we love. Mm. You're trying to keep it deprived and only co sign with radio does. And I'm looking right past you. Great song, great song. Anyways, we got a lot to talk about here today. The NFL running backs kind of uh, organizing a Zoom call to talk about the status of running backs. Me being right on Caleb Farley. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot of things to talk about right here. 24's podcast. Whoa, whoa, what the fuck just happened? I mean, I've been... You know, at my computer, I've been watching the Dodgers. Go Dodgers! I'm wearing my Dodgers varsity jacket right now. And I'm like, they're up 2-0. Oh, okay, they're having it out. They're happy, thank God. because And they're taking the pitcher off because I'm like, I'm watching the Dodgers. Dodgers have been killing the Blue Jays for like four or five innings. 
And I, you know, I'm, I'm turning, I'm on my computer, I'm, you know, I'm prepping some stuff for the podcast. I turn back and it's 2-2! Two, two! They go to commercial! What happened? Cannot believe it. Cannot believe it. I, I, I just... I can't, I can't believe it. Cannot believe it. I guess we're going to talk a little bit about baseball. Shohei Otani potentially on the move before or after August 1st. We will see. Ladies and gentlemen, right here. 24's podcast. Bitch don't kill my vibe. Bitch don't kill my vibe. I can feel your energy from two planets away. I got my drink. I got my music. I will share it. But today, bitch don't kill my vibe. Bitch don't kill my vibe. Bitch don't kill my vibe. I think there's like one song or two versions of this exact same song. One where Kendrick is rapping over the complete song and. <clears throat> and another version where Jay-Z comes in and then I think a third version potentially where it has the Jay-Z verse in it but then another new Kendrick Lamar version this song had so many different versions of it so many different versions <clears throat> and I think it was the Jay-Z version I gotta find a new a new needle for my turntable just because I just, I got to get one. I got to get a new needle. Got to get a new needle. Oh, gosh. So annoying. Got to get a new one. Only reason why I have to get a new needle is like literally just because it's like I, I kind of need one. Need a new needle. The one that I bought like a month or two ago, just it's already running low. It's already skipping. It's already causing me problems. It could also be potentially I, I was moving. I was moving my vinyl from my turntable the other day, a family over. So I was like, eh, maybe I'll move my, my turntable, you know, to a new room. So that way, you know, if people wanted to listen to music or specifically when I'm in the area, I can listen to music. And so I get the turntable, I get my, my vinyl and I just, I mean, when I tell you I pissed the bed on this one, I really pissed the bed. I mean, I just, I have no idea what happened, but I dropped like all of my favorite vinyl on the ground. It smashed on each other. It's, that's not good. And now it's like some of my records are skipping, but I don't think it's the record. I think it's this motherfucking needle that I bought because I was like, oh, let me get a more expensive needle and it sucks. I mean, the sound is better, but the, just the problems, it, marginally better but it's like the literal issues that i've had with this thing and the fact that it doesn't last for like a year like i could have continuously used my old my old needle that i bought last year and that's been constantly used i could have continuously used that one but because i bought a more expensive one now it's like I, i'm just i'm so annoyed with myself because i'm like i could have literally had saved money if I just not buttoned the new one and if I just stuck with my old my old turntable needle and so now it's like I have to go back and I have to fucking 
just literally do what I should have done. Measure twice, cut once. But, hey, I learned my fucking lesson. Also, I was, like, on eBay the other day just looking at some stuff. I was looking at, what was I looking at? I was looking at, I don't even know how I got to this. I just, I'm a big, I'm, I'm kind of getting some stuff that I've always wanted, right? You know, when you finally get some change in your pocket, things of that nature, you're like, I want to get things that I've always wanted, da, 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 da. Let me plug in my computer. It's almost out of battery. And let me take off these fucking headphones. Oh, I have such a weird head. A weirdly shaped head. It's like I can never wear headphones consistently. It always crushes my skull. Crushes my very large brain. But now it's like... Now it's like I got some change in my back pocket. I love how I'm like... I'm finally buying myself stuff. And it's just like I'm literally wearing one of the things... That I was like, yes! Uh, that I wanted to purchase for myself. I'm wearing my... Dodgers varsity jacket. So I finally... I love Digimon. I'm a huge Digimon fan. I'm more Digimon than Pokemon, if I'm 100% honest with you. And, I mean, I've always fucking loved the TV show. I've always fucking loved it. I always wanted to watch it, the original one, with the original Digidestined. And it's like I finally... I was like, yesterday, I'm like, you know what? I'm finally fucking pulling the trigger. Finally going to get the fucking, uh, the fucking whole fucking series on DVD. The original Gen 1 Digi- Digimon all the motherfucking way up. All the motherfucking way up to the final like Digimon series where the kids turn it into the Digimon for some weird reason. And then like American releases of it is pretty like hit and miss other American releases of it. But I was like the original Digimon I fucking got. It's like 30 something discs, not 30 something. How many fucking discs is it? Yeah, I was right. It's 32 discs. I'm like, yeah, it's like almost as many discs as like modern family because it's like, there's just so many fucking episodes in it. There's so many episodes in Modern Family. There's so many fucking episodes in Digimon. Like, I think the first series had 50-something episodes. The second series had, like, the same amount. And then the third... Like, every single... It is a proper anime. It is a proper anime. Every single Digimon series has always had these, like, long-ass runs. And it's just... Oh, God. It's just so awesome. Super stoked on it. Super stoked on it. Why am I talking about Digimon? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I cannot wait for fucking Black Friday. I cannot fucking wait. Cannot fucking wait for Black Friday. Anyways, um, let's talk. Let's talk about, what are we going to talk about? Um, Formula One. Formula One was back this weekend after a two-week, or no, after a week-long hiatus. I think Silverstone was last week. And no, I think it was a two-week hiatus. It felt felt like it. 
And so this weekend, really the headliner was and is that everybody is once again mega far behind the Red Bull of Max Verstappen, the, I think, Dutch driver. Everybody was behind him this weekend. It was a terrible weekend for the actual race, and everybody has made the point that qualifying sessions are better than the actual race because there's way more action, there's way more drama, there's way more intrigue. Qualifying sessions are kind of carrying the sport right now in regards to action. Uh, I, I still watch the race, so races. I've watched every single race this year, so the interest for me is still there, but just the action, the raw action of the drivers going against each other, it has been far more interesting in qualifying than in the actual race and on top of that it's like qualifying is only like an hour long and so with races it's like sometimes they're like almost three hours long which i don't mind i i love the races but jesus christ like when max or sapin essentially just takes the lead and then fucks off to the distance because nobody can challenge him it, that's not really an interesting race speaking of which lewis hamilton for the first time in almost three years really two years i guess was back on pole position. That was first place. After having an amazing qualifying session in which he beat out Max Verstappen by a couple thousandths of a second, and also Lando Norris. And it seemed as if Mercedes could maybe do something. Maybe Lewis could have Lando Norris challenge Max Verstappen and Oscar Piastri, Piastri as well, but the Mercedes is a shitbox, and it, he just got passed on the first lap, I think four turns in by Max Verstappen, Lando Norris, and Oscar Piastri. So that sucked for Lewis. That sucked for everybody that had to watch that because everybody was so excited for him to be back on pole position because he's earned it and he's deserved it. And after he's gone through so much, he finally gets back on pole and Max Verstappen once again just fucks right off into the distance. Which sucked. But at the exact same time, you can't be mad at Max. I'm, I'm not mad at Max. I'm just mad that every other team on the grid is uncompetitive. Every other team is just slacking around. They haven't figured it out. Mercedes, the arrogance of Mercedes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. I thought Trey Turner had just hit a homer. Somebody else. Uh, is that Trey Turner? I think so. I uh, know that's somebody else. I forgot his name, but... Oh, it was right next to the wall. 2-2, two, two, bottom of the fifth. Toji, stop. Man on first. Would have been a two-run lead. Yeah, it was Trey Turner. Max Muncy is up next. But I was so excited for... I was, about, I was about to lose my mind there. Especially after me seeing the Dodgers give up two runs. For some weird reason, I don't know what happened. Going back to Formula 1. I'm annoyed that every other team just cannot figure out how to get this ground effect, how to get these ground effect cars to work. Especially and specifically Mercedes. If I can spend a couple of minutes on Mercedes, let me. Allow me. Lewis has been very forthcoming in how bad this year's car feels, how bad last year's car feels. And George really hasn't been kind of the more vocal driver because he used to drive Williams, so he's just he's just happy to be here. You know, he's happy to just have a nice race car. But Lewis is like, Lewis understands a championship 
winning race car. And he understands that simple design decisions that Mercedes has undertaken and Mercedes has utilized in the last two to three years, potentially even four years, depending on when they started the development of the 2022 Mercedes, which was probably in 2021, but they probably had design concepts for the 2022 car because of the new regulations that were essentially enforced and established before the 22, excuse me, before the 22 season uh, with ground effect among others. But th th my point is, is that they knew that they had to build that car years in the run, like, like, uh, what is it? They knew they had to build that car for years. They knew that it was going to be a ground effect car. They knew all of this stuff, but they couldn't figure out what Red Bull and so many others have figured out. The reason why I'm so pissed off at Mercedes is that I think Mercedes can actually challenge Red Bull. I think so. They have two of the best drivers that consistently outperform the car. The car is like the third or the fourth car on the fucking paddock. And the two drivers actually outperform and have pretty consistent results uh, driving a absolute complete shit box. Where, I mean, even here with the new side pod designs that were maybe not even new, but more conventional side pod designs that they implemented all the way back in May. I forgot what race. Even with those designs, the car still sucks because the car was designed for the zero side pod design, which that sucked. And Williams and Haas had to like figure it out six months ago before they implemented, before Mercedes implemented it in the 2022 car, which of course was notorious for porpoising and the balancing issues with this car are just all over the place. Now McLaren has passed Mercedes, but before McLaren, it was Aston Martin. Mercedes was able to make up a lot of ground against Aston because of the development and the upgrade packages, but they are so far off of Red Bull when they really shouldn't be. They have two drivers that can actually compete against Red Bull, and I like Mercedes has been the most consistent second or third place car, but nowhere near Red Bull these last two years, and it's very, very annoying because Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, in my opinion, can challenge the... Uh, the, the Red Bull. The fact of the matter is, the Mercedes this weekend in qualifying was awesome. And it's just like, could you imagine if they didn't build a shitbox of a car? Could you imagine if they actually had a pretty decent car to give Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, who they fucked his strategy up with um, in the first qualifying session where George just couldn't get a good lap in because of how much traffic was there. But with how bad the Mercedes has been these last two years, it's just like, I really, really, really hope they get it right next year. I mean, I really do. Really, really, really do because I think they can win and I, maybe not even win. I think they can challenge Max. And I think the interpersonal dynamics of George and Lewis fighting against I think Lewis is the better driver. I think Lewis is probably the second best driver on the grid right now or the third. I don't know. I think so. I think so. Second best, third best. I don't know. But I think Lewis or George can actually fight against Verstappen. That's, I think, but I, I haven't seen George in a good car. I know Lewis can because he did it in 2021. And I know Lewis can because he's kind of been doing it. He's been putting in some really, really nice uh, results for the team overall. I don't know if George can do it. He probably can, but I want to see it. I want two Mercedes fighting up against the Red Bull. Um, Sergio Perez is in trouble. Sergio Perez is in trouble. A lot of people, I remember, and driver of the day is kind of a crappy award, if I'm honest with you. A lot of people just give it to the guy that just passes all the cars. 
which it just doesn't make any sense because George should have won it this year because Georgia, not this year, but this weekend, because George actually had to go up against. George had to start off at like 18th, and then he goes all the way up to, I think, 6th. It's like, how does he not win that? How? I don't know. But George was awesome this year, passed both Ferraris, not this year, but this past race weekend, passed both Ferraris, race, what is it, driver of the day, terrible award, Sergio Perez, I'm tired of people clapping it up for him. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. it like, a lot of people are like, whew, nice bounce back, Sergio. And it was a nice bounce back weekend for him. No, it wasn't. Oh, no, 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 no. He fucked it into the first barrier. In the, he fucked it in the first minutes of free practice one this past weekend. Not a bounce back weekend. Just like, once again, revealing... Red Bull's floor, which everybody wants to see to understand exactly how ground effect works for their car and how their floor works and things of that nature. And so Red Bull, or excuse me, Red Bull's driver, Sergio Perez, gets third place, third place. Everybody's clapping it up for him. And it's just like he should be in second place consistently every single weekend. Like qualifying sessions wise, he, he was what? In Q3, he should have easily finished in the top two. Max Verstappen. On the medium tires was a full second faster than every other car on the grid. Sergio Perez, to me, is under is drastically underperforming. I get it. Max is probably one of the best drivers ever. I think when his career's done, that'll probably be the case. But I mean, come on, man. He can't. He can't. He can't get into. He can't get into like the first row or the second row. Against Mercedes? Against the Mercedes? Like, the, again, the Mercedes is a bad car. Lewis is outperforming it. George is outperforming it. Lando Norris, I'm happy for him because Lando is actually, he actually seems to have a good car now. But I'm like, you can't beat Aston Martin, who you're clear-cutting away better than. You can't beat the Ferraris, especially this weekend, where their strategies were so bad. Once again, you can't beat the Ferraris. You can't, you can barely beat the Mercedes. And, you know, depending on how far or how close you start back, which is his fault, he can't beat the fucking, uh, the fucking, uh, McLarens. Like, come on. I'm tired of seeing Sergio Perez underperform in qualifying. And then essentially just because he's in a Red Bull, who the fuck is going to fight Sergio Perez in a Red Bull? Who? Who? Everybody just lets him pass because he's Sergio Perez. Not because he's Sergio Perez, excuse me, but because he's in a fucking Red Bull. And it's just like, I, like it's not impressive to me whatsoever. Carlos signs. he had this audio. He was like, if Sergio is about to pass me, I'm boxing. He's like, if he's about to pass me, I'm conceding the position to box because A, to try and, give, uh, to try and make the undercut, but then B, it's just like, he can't compete. It's ridiculous. I'm so annoyed with Sergio, especially after his awesome performances in some of the opening circuits were kind of fool's gold, and I bought it. I apologize. But now it's just like, dude, you should be a better driver. You should maybe not be a better driver, but you should be in a better position than what you currently are right now. In, I guess. I'm a little bit frustrated. I'm a little bit annoyed. McLaren, once again, had a really, really awesome, solid race weekend as well. 
McLaren has just, you know, they've gone from a car and really just they've gone from being one of the worst racing teams in Formula One to now being essentially one of the best. Second best, they've passed Aston Martin, Ferrari, and Mercedes. I mean, again, first lap of the race. Lando Norris, Oscar Piastri passed Lewis Hamilton within the first four turns of the first lap. I mean, just ridiculous stuff. They just pass him because he's just he's just in a worse car. And they figured out their development of the car, whereas Mercedes kind of needs an additional year, and they're probably going to essentially chalk up the W14, I think that's what it's called, to an absolute and abject and complete failure because that's what it is. But the McLaren, there's something useful to it. And as much as I was complaining about Mercedes underperforming and, you know, not being able to compete with Red Bull and things of that nature, McLaren certainly can. It will be a far more interesting narrative to see McLaren going into next year because for the last, I mean, God knows how long, they've been middle of the pack. And now to see them be the second team really on the grid, and it's really not even close, Great qualifying car, great race car as well. And to see them essentially go from being, hey, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be middle of the pack to, oh no, now we're an actual contender. We are going to take it to Mercedes. And potentially, hey, if Lando Norris can get on pole position, then maybe he doesn't have to, you know, fight with Lewis or try to pass Lewis so much, and maybe he can do something against Max or Stappen. I don't know. But it's interesting. It's interesting. McLaren is a very interesting race car team. And as well as... No, it's just McLaren. It's like McLaren's interesting because they can potentially beat Red Bull. But we'll, we'll see on that front. We'll see. That's all I got for you this weekend. From this weekend, it was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Everybody was so excited for Hamilton. I was so excited for Hamilton. But... Just didn't work. Just didn't work out. He's in a shit box. He's in a shit box. I'm watching the Dodgers right now. I'm watching the pitcher. I forgot. I don't know. It's 64. I'm watching him navigate. Oh, he got him. Chased it. Ferguson got him out. Was he chasing? Chased it. High, middle of the strike zone. He's like, I got a swing. He set him up, having it high, middle, having it high, too high. Is a ball. He's like, you know what? I got to take it. Chased it. Get him out of here. I just like saying that. Sorry. Talk about the commanders here. And NFL, <laughs> I'm watching this funny cat video, sorry, <clears throat> where these cats, they navigate these cups, the first cat, got them all out, the first cat properly navigates, there, there's like this stairway, <laughs> that's so funny, sorry, um, 
there's this stairway. These cats come down from the second floor. And there's all these bunch of cups at the bottom of the stairway. The first cat perfectly, and I mean perfectly, navigates through this maze of cups without knocking any of them over. The second cat navigates it almost as perfectly as the first cat, but knocks a couple of cups over. No big deal. The third cat just is like, I'm fully sending it. <laughs> this third cat is like, fuck it. I'm fully sending it and just dives right off the bottom stair into the, into the freaking just, oh my God, into the pool of just cups. It's, ah, oh, it's great. <laughs> And then, of course, it scares its <laughs> it's, it's, it scares itself because of all the the, uh, the cuffs and <laughs> all the stuff falling down. It's so funny. <laughs> okay, en enough, 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 enough funny cat videos. Wow, twenty four, you're really old. Still watching funny cat videos in twenty twenty four? Yes. 2023. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh my goodness. Gracious. Oh gosh. How fun is that? <sighs> what do I got? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Washington. Washington, Washington, Washington. So the commanders, once again, they sold it. I think officially they sold their... Their, uh, not their company, their football team officially on Friday. And I didn't really have, I mean, I was happy for obviously all of the, uh, the women that, or I guess one of the women that got like officially validated because the NFL found that there was like sexual harassment going on in the workplace and they then find Daniel Snyder, like $61 million because of that, which is insane because the NFL never, never like finds or takes people's money or certainly an owner. And I guess in this case, former owner, but still, man, 60 million is, I mean, it shows that there was wrongdoing that happened. Yes. So there was that on Friday, but I didn't really have that much of an, or not Friday, excuse me, but I guess Thursday. I didn't really have that much of opinion on Josh Harris, the current owner, the new owner of the Washington Commanders. And if I'm quite honest with you, I still kind of don't. And I guess Josh Harris and Magic Johnson and the new Commanders ownership group I still don't because I like they just said and did the proper thing, so it's hard to kind of assess anything from just these short little interactions with them. What I can say is is that it's very interesting some of the some of the clips that have come out and also some of the ideas that they've expressed over the last, I don't know, like couple of days. One of those being is that the name the commanders is 
potentially not a permanent name for them, which makes a lot of sense because it's a terrible name. I constantly refer to the Washington football team as the Washington football team, not the Washington Commanders, because the Washington Commanders are a terrible football team. Name. <clears throat> Washington football team, by the way, is much better. And they tried to roll out the Major Tutty thing, the Fat Pig, because they had the Hogs, right? They had the Hogs as their, like, as offensive linemen, like, as Hogs, like, implying that their offensive linemen are pigs, which I guess is, like, a cool name, but, like, okay. But the whole Major Tutty thing, which is essentially a pig in a, like, general outfit was so dumb it was so stupid i was like you guys should be shamed for it it looks terrible everybody made fun of them as they should and it was hilarious to me because i was like oh wow you guys just <laughs> you guys just have no idea how to make so uh make some of this stuff up but the ownership group has consistently said that the commander's name is potentially on the chopping block they potentially don't like it Apparently, they're going to look at it at the end of the season, which, to be honest with you, I'm probably leaning towards they're going to get rid of that shit because it sucks. But the commanders, the new ownership group, has said that they'll kind of like look at some stuff. They'll assess some stuff that happens. They, I'm kind of surprised. I remember I was watching this 30-minute introductory press conference. Maybe it's because nobody wanted to, you know, spoil the mood or whatever. Maybe it's because they can ask these questions in the weeks to come. I don't really know exactly how they plot and they plan these press interviews. I would have been a little bit messy. I would have just been like, hey, uh, is Ron Rivera's job on the line? He doesn't have a winning record with Washington. And he's been summarily smoked by the Cowboys, Eagles, and the Giants over the last couple of years. Is he going to be on the chopping block this year? And what about Caleb Williams? It, these are like questions that to me are pretty probing, I would say. These are pretty penetrative questions that are very difficult to answer. And I understand if somebody's like, eh, we're not going to answer that question because I'm like, fair enough. Because again, these are, these questions, you don't, these are questions that are going to make the subject uncomfortable that you're interviewing. And so I understand if they don't want to ask or excuse me, answer the question, but like, come on, like these are important fucking questions. The first question being about Ron Rivera and if he has a job, it's, it's important to know because Ron Rivera sucks as a head coach. I have relentlessly gone in on Ron Rivera and his inability to put together a double digit win season or even to be honest with you a a consistent couple of seasons where he goes out and he wins multiple football games or double digit football games I mean folks he hasn't had a winning season since 2017 I mean, his record from 2018 to 2022 was 7 and 9, 5 and 7, 7 and 9, 7 and 10, and 8, 8 and 1. It's like, hello? What, what are we doing? He's had three winning seasons over a now 12 year career, potentially 13 year. Yeah, this will be his 13th year coaching. This will be potentially, 
if he gets double-digit seasons. And again, the reason why I keep saying double-digit win seasons, I should clarify this. It's not just that he hasn't had a lot of double-digit winning seasons. It's that he also hasn't had really any winning seasons. We remember the Cam Newton year in 2015, the dominance that the Carolina Panthers had had, not just offensively, but defensively as well. 15-1. and one. And then the next season, they win six games. And then the season after that, they win 11. But then they lose in, like I think, the first round of the playoffs to the Saints. And so, Carolina, again, they had this really five-year stretch where they were winning on it, where they had like a great season and then a bad season, great season and bad season, great season and then bad season. Like, they had this really interesting run, but then they just didn't really do anything, and he's built his career kind of off of that five-year stretch, but he hasn't really been that consistent as a head coach in regards to winning, and he certainly hasn't been that good with Washington at all when it comes to winning. 7-9, and 7-10, 8-8-1. Eight, eight so, hey, congratulations. I guess he won one more game than, than, he, uh, <clears throat> than he used to. But if I take a look, if I take a look at that season, let me take a look really fast. Let me pull it up. Take a look. Loss against the Eagles, loss against the Cowboys. Where's the Giants? They beat the Eagles somehow, some way. They tie with the Giants, then they lose. They this is this is the interesting thing, and this is what you need to know about head coaches, right? Head coaches in the NFL, great head coaches in the NFL, they will have about a seventy, maybe even eighty percent win rate coming out of a bye week because you give them an extra week of preparation, and so because they have an extra week, their players also have another week of rest. You should be able to come out of a bye week and you should be able to win the game that you have after the bye week. That's essentially how you want to know if your head coach is like good or great. So, and I thought that this is a, such an interesting stretch, but this bye week, right? This week that the Washington Commanders had had last year is so interesting because it was in between two back-to-back games with the New York Giants. So you play the New York Giants, you go into the bye week, you play the Giants again. This is a divisional rival that he has, at that point, about five games of experience with. About to be six. And so he's about to come out of the bye week, and he's about to play the New York Giants for the second time in essentially three weeks by the way, keep in mind, the Giants, they don't have that same privilege. They don't have a bye week the same weekend that the Washington Commanders do. It's a little bit unfair, in my opinion. But the Giants don't have a bye week. And the Commanders, with essentially everything going their way. By the way, it was a home game for them. Home game, coming out of a bye week. Giants don't have a bye week. All this good stuff. You've played to them. You know the history. Da 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 da. Washington loses twenty-one to twenty against the Giants the next week after tying twenty-twenty. Like like how how does that happen? How does that happen? Every positive thing, everything good goes your way. Everything is positive. Everything is grand. Everything is great. And 
you come out of that bye week and you absolutely crap the bed. On like a primetime game, by the way. I mean, just an absolute joke from Ron Rivera and Washington. That should have been the weekend that he should have bought, gotten fired. Next weekend, 37-20. Loss against the 49ers. And then an additional loss against the Cleveland Browns, where in that final weekend against the Dallas Cowboys, they seem to have finally pulled their nuts out of their... Uh, out of their fucking pants and done something where they beat the Cowboys when the Cowboys had played terribly 26 to six in the final game of the season. When I say all this about Ron Rivera, his tenure with the commanders, because it's just none of his, like none of his, his stay with the commanders is not confirmed. Like we don't actually know if he will be there long-term with the commanders. And that's just simply put because <laughs> they didn't seem, they being the ownership group, they didn't seem very uh, juiced up about Ron. They mentioned him probably briefly. I don't know. But also, I mean, his record is just fucking terrible. So Ron could be on the chopping block and should be on the chopping block. And the next question that they have to ask the Washington Commanders ownership group is like, look, do we like Sam Darnold? Do we believe in, not Sam Darnold, Sam Howell, excuse me. Do we like Sam? Do we believe in Sam? Et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't, I don't know. And I don't think so. And nor do I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't think they should put all their eggs in a basket, in this basket. I'm a bit shocked at how juiced up that Washington media seems to be about Sam Howell because he played well in one game against the Cowboys in which the Cowboys just didn't play well in at all. It wasn't like Washington did anything special. It was just like the Cowboys just sucked. And so in regards to that, I'm just like, you could potentially have Sam Howell, or excuse me, yeah, you could have Sam Howell this year, or you could have Caleb Williams, who's definitively better than him. Like, he's better than him this year. It's just like, yeah, you want Sam Howell or you want Caleb Williams? There's going to be five, maybe six teams that are going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, and Washington could potentially be one of them. Ron Rivera has had some really, really awesome football players, and yet he has consistently underachieved over and over and over again this year. Why not underachieve some more? They don't want to offer Chase Young a long-term deal, a long-term contract. Every single person thinks that Chase Williams, or not Chase Williams, I'm tired, Chase Young has something left to give to their team. It's why 49er fans and Bears fans are super juiced up about Chase Young because they believe that he can help their team significantly and that Washington is not properly utilizing Chase Young. I was about to say Chase Williams again for some weird reason. And so you trade Chase Young, probably should have traded him during the draft, but they didn't want to do that. They also, for some weird reason, don't want to pay him. Washington just doesn't have a plan. Montez Sweat, also they don't want to pay him, but they'll pay both of their defensive tackles $20 million, which is like Chase, not Chase, uh, which is 
Chris Jones levels of money. It's just like, you're, you're really going to pay them that much money? How many sacks do they both have? They're defensive tackles, so obviously they're not going to have a lot. But I mean, if you're going to pay them like Chris Jones money, um, how much, how many sacks does Chris have? Probably has like 10 sacks a year. Yeah. Last year he had 15 and a half as a defensive tackle. It's like, that's insane. So let's see how many Jonathan Allen has. How many does he have? That's seven and a half, which is good. Actually great for a defensive tackle. And, and good. Then Deron Payton. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking through these guys through. He had 11 and a half. Oh, never mind. It's like I'm looking at them through a Cowboys fan eyes. I'm like, man, these guys suck. These guys fight. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I just... I really should probably stop looking at these two players through the eyes of a Cowboys fan because every single time they go up against the Cowboys, maybe it's Zach Martin, probably is. Maybe it's Tyler Smith. Maybe it's because of the way we play them. I don't know. They always seem to do nothing when they go up against the Dallas Cowboys. They're like good defensive tackles. Or actually great. Like Deron Payne actually had a lot of production this year. More than a lot. I mean, he had high levels. High level defense tackle. You wouldn't have, hey, wouldn't have been able to tell me that. Regardless. Washington has a lot of awesome characters or players, excuse me. They have the two defensive tackles. I guess that's why they also wanted to move off of Chase Young and Montez Sweat. But we will see what happens. Because, by the way, Deron Payne, before this year, didn't do fuck all in the league. He had like 11 and a half sacks this year. Four and a half, three, two, and then five. We're talking about the majority of his production, a little bit under half, came from just last year or so. I mean, I think it could potentially be an anomaly, but we will see. Got to trade Chase Young. Got to figure out the commander's name. There's a lot of things that they have to figure out, the commanders do, in order, in order to just move on, I guess, as a football team, because I just... I just don't really see how they're going to do how they're going to operate as a football team if just some of their stuff just if they aren't able to do some of this stuff if they aren't able to figure out excuse me some of this stuff. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, not Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. Excuse me, their quarterback, their offense. They got Eric Bieniemy, which that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyways, some other stuff I wanted to talk about. I kind of wanted to talk about this. Oh, wait, Mookie. Mookie is up next, excuse me. Mookie's had some nice hits tonight. It's like bottom of the seventh. And it's like. Still 2-2. Anyways, I'll talk about the uh, the running back Zoom call and then I'm piecing out. So. <clears throat> the running backs for the league have kind of had this. 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 Uh, 
it's this meeting or consistent meetings, I guess. I'm not really sure what you would call them. I had this meeting where a lot of them have gone out and the running backs in the meeting because somebody snitched. <clears throat> somebody snitched. The running backs that were in this meeting, this Zoom call on Saturday, like this past Saturday, the running backs were Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Aaron Judge, Joe Mixon, not Aaron Judge, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, and J.K. Dobbins. So some running backs that got paid recently, other running backs that didn't, that are maybe not didn't, but are close to getting paid or close to being eligible to be paid, and some running backs like Saquon and Tony and Josh that didn't. <clears throat> As Mookie literally just gets, stri gets striked out first time all night. Jesus Christ. Anyways. A lot has been made, a lot will probably continue to be made about running backs and them not getting paid. I think them essentially having these meetings and it, the the worst possible thing that kind of ha could happen did happen if you're an NFL fan in the sense of like, what was it that apparently <clears throat> one of the topics of discussion during this meeting was um, holding in. So they would hold in, they would go to training camp or more specifically, they could even potentially like go and play throughout the season, but they would fabricate injuries. That was apparently discussed as well as talking about agents and potentially restructuring contracts as well. So that way they could get some of their money up front or maybe get less playing time probably take less money there's really not a great solution for this because teams have kind of figured out that the running back position is is not uh very viable and look here's the thing about running backs that i think a lot of people need to understand uh, this probably isn't going to end well for them they're probably going to have to they have very they have no leverage they have none the i think one of the things that they did Whoa, did they, did he strike out Freddie Freeman? Hold on, that wasn't a strike. Did he swing? Did he chase? Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hey, what? Didn't chase. Hey, up. Open up your fucking eyes. Strike out. I gotta strike you out. Sorry. Yelling out my TV right now. It's ridiculous. Anyway, sorry. All these all these running backs. I was gonna I was kind of talking about like the bitter conclusion that they're all gonna come by. Come to is that all these teams, especially teams like the Cowboys and the Giants, maybe not the Giants. But definitely the Cowboys. Cowboys really don't need Tony Pollard. They kind of don't need him. Cowboys will kind of move on from him next year by getting an, an, a newer, younger running back. 
and they'll be able to essentially still have their running game because they have a really, really awesome passing game. And the same thing goes for a lot of other teams. But a lot of other teams and a lot of, and like the quiet part out loud that is kind of being said around the league is that most teams are like, we don't need a premier back to essentially have a great football team, right? You look at teams like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You look at, for example, the Buffalo Bills. You look at, for example, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, in which Lamar Jackson was really the running back and really the top guy and not really J.K. Dobbins. And they had, I mean, goodness gracious, they had dudes that I hadn't even ever heard of, you know, in regards to the uh, the Ravens. The, the Cowboys have kind of had this stagnated running back running game with Zeke, and Zeke hasn't really been that great for the last three, four years. And they've really relied on Dak Prescott to carry their offense. They really haven't had that dominant of a running game except with Tony when Tony Pollard came in and actually played decent snaps. And then even the 49ers, for example, Tom Brady and the Patriots, not the yeah, Tom Brady with the Patriots has always not had dominant backs. Tom Brady with the Bucks had Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. The 49ers, before they got Christian McCaffrey, guess what? They had a bunch of dudes that you hadn't heard of that I can't even re- remember. I think one guy was named like Raheem Morris. Same thing goes with the Rams as well. When they won the Super Bowl, they didn't have like these, you know, number one guys. In fact, they even kind of were one of the first teams to get off of their number one guy in Todd Gurley. And everybody was like, why are they getting rid of Todd Gurley? Todd Gurley's old and he's fucking used up, you know? And he has apparently arthritis in his knees, too. That's another reason as well. Long story short, running backs, the position is like we're going to have to start looking at it in different ways. The fact that people keep on trying to hammer home, it's unfair. It's unfair. It's like, how is this happening? I'm getting quite annoyed with people asking that question. Why is this happening? This is unfair, et cetera, et cetera. This is happening because... People have found ways to get around top tier backs. Like it has been a known thing for the last decade plus that you didn't need a top running back to win a Super Bowl. And it was kind of the same thing with wide receivers up until a couple of years ago. Now it's like every single team, which even that statistic wasn't necessarily that correct. People were like, look at the Patriots and how many damn Super Bowls they win. And just like, yeah, but they also have Rob Gronkowski. I know he's not a wide receiver, but he's like the greatest tight end ever. Same thing goes with the Chiefs. They don't have a top-tier wide receiver, but they still have a top-tier pass catcher. And so, or technically, they won a Super Bowl with a top-tier pass catcher. Uh, Jamar Chase with the Bengals. Cooper Cup with the Rams. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard with the Eagles. We have so many awesome pass catchers that are intrinsic and that are important too. And by the way, I mean, is anyone going to talk about Miles Sanders? I mean... How many? How much money is he making? I don't know. Give me like a second to look it up. I do wonder, because it's like, I mean, where would you consider Miles Sanders as a running back? Because last year he had top five production. Kind of look up his numbers now here. Here it is. Getting paid two point five million dollars. Yeah, I mean, he's, he is, fuck, one of the Blue Jays just hit a homer. It was a single. Matt Chapman. 3-2 Blue Jays. 
going back to Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders is categorically underpaid. I mean, he's making two million, two point five million this year, seven point six million next year, eight point one million in twenty twenty five, and then six point nine million in twenty twenty six. He's not hitting double digits at all. Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders, I mean, his contract value is for $25 million. I mean, some guys are like, I want to be paid 13, 14. I like Saquon's like, I want to be paid $16 million annually. I just, I don't know. It's like, it's unfortunately a natural evolution of the sport. The union isn't really that strong. Teams are like, we aren't going to pay running backs if we don't have to. And that's just what's going to continuously happen. This this will not, like, people that are raising a big stink about it, like, it just, it's not going to happen. Teams have way too much leverage. The players don't. The teams can underpay their players. They will continue to underpay their players. And there's really nothing that they can do whatsoever and that's kind of it. That's like literally it. But it is what it is. I'm tired. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk more. 24's podcast.